Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Today's story is an amazing one, one that needs to be heard. Today's guests were married and then divorced. There was drug abuse and atheism all involved. It's a husband and wife duel that almost wasn't. Selfish love and sin ended their marriage. Yet by a thread of grace, they were remarried and beauty was born from their mistakes. Their lives tell the story of how God restored them and used their brokenness for good. Today on Connections, we're joined by Chris and Stephanie Teague of Out of the Dust. They're going to share their story and they're going to share a little bit about their music that they're now using as a way to help others going through similar situations. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Chris and Stephanie Teague. Now, the two of you have an unbelievable story, but we want to start off from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how the two of you met. Yeah, we met uh, when we were in high school. Uh, This was, what year was that? 2003. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we were in mission trip training for a mission trip to Philadelphia and I think she saw me off in the corner playing guitar because I was going to lead worship or something for that for that trip. And I'm sure I was playing John Mayer. I mean, when you're 16, <laughs> how can you resist that when you're 16 year old girl? Exactly. <laughs> so we kind of fell in love, you know, shortly thereafter. Even as little high schoolers, uh, it was it was we were high school sweethearts, um, and things just sort of took off from there. So you guys were both in like the same youth group. Did you know each other well, or it was just on that trip where you really got to know each other for the first time then? We were at a church at the time that was pretty large. So even though we had both, I had grown up in the church and even though he had been there for a couple of years, I had never even met him or talked to him until that mission trip training. So uh, you two as high school sweethearts, you go off to college, uh, you got married. Sounds like you did the whole like, the bridal Bible college thing, right? And end up serving in the church together. Tell us a little bit about your early married life. Yeah. So I think if, even if we saw a couple like us now that was young and they just got married and they were in the church and they were leading worship and just serving together, I think most people would look at that and just think, wow, that I wish I could be like that. Uh, but, uh, we, sadly, we, I think we were, just, we were so naive and we had a lot of, um, perhaps we just did, I, I can't be an advocate enough for really great, uh, premarital counseling. We had like half a day of that, but there were just expectations and things going in that we just, we didn't know what we didn't know. And that just sowed little seeds, um, of discontent, I think. And for me, being in the music industry, going to college for that, um, I kind of I think I was feeling a little unsatisfied of what I thought marriage would be. And I was also having these really great questions, doubting my faith and all of that playing together, I think, opened a door for some some sin and temptation in my life that I could find very easily in the music industry that I was going to school for. Now you were, as you said, um, there was that sin that erupted. I'm just reading through your biography and it says that you would spend all night out on Saturdays and then show up 
church on Sunday mornings and lead worship following that. Tell us a little bit about that part of your life and what that was like. So that part of my life was characterized as, as you kind of said, I I would, uh, I was just a fraud. That part of my life was just me being two people at one time. I would be out uh, partying, drinking, um, drugs and come in in the, in the morning, roll in still kind of foggy from the night before. Um, and at this, at, at, at one point it, it got so bad. Like I just didn't even believe in God anymore. You know, that's right up before I, I kind of dropped the bomb on Stephanie because she didn't know anything, but I would be leading worship and not even believe what I was singing or believe who I was singing to. What was that like for you, Steph, to watch this? Did you know that he was feeling this way? I was pretty, <laughs> I'd say I was pretty naive through that season. I think we were both so busy. We had just graduated college. I was working full time. I was getting my graduate degree. And so I think I just, I excused a lot of it saying, oh, well, we'll be, we're busy. Like, we'll, we'll get this together. I know we're not connecting, but we'll, we'll figure this out once life slows down. And I think that's such an easy trap to fall into, uh, especially in a marriage. You kind of forget to, to make the time to pour into your marriage. Such, such an important relationship. And so um, I, I knew, I think he had shared with me once that he was having some questions about his faith. And, and that was hard to hear, but I, I just assumed that he was, cause I didn't hear about it again. I just assumed that, Oh, I, I see him reading these books. Like he's working through it. Maybe he's talking to people, but I didn't press in. I didn't press in and, and ask. And, you know, we had had a lot of issues with communication anyway. So I think, again, I just stayed kind of in the dark and hoped that things would get better. Chris, were you able to talk to people about the doubts you were facing? Like, did you go to other pastors or something like that? Or did you just kind of keep it all to yourself? And then one day there's, right, that's it. I'm done with faith. I was, I was very unknown. I was not seen. I didn't feel known. I felt a lot of shame about uh, just, even though they were good questions. Um, and I did have some people I could talk to, um, but I hid a lot of it. Um, I'm, I'm really good at doing that, unfortunately. And it just, it, it created an environment for the enemy of God to, to separate me from him, to separate me from my community, to separate me from Stephanie and, um, and, and enslave me with, with these lies and these, this fake person that I was presenting to everybody. Now, as you said, you ended up leaving Stephanie. Tell us about all of that and what that was like. Yeah. Well, I sat her down one night in January of 2010, and I just said 14 words. I just, I planned it out. I knew that it was time for me to leave. And I just dropped the bomb and said, I don't believe in God anymore. And I don't want to be married anymore. And she didn't talk for 30 minutes um, or more. She's, she's very much a, a, a processor uh, and her world was just completely crashing in. Uh, and I, you know, several months later, I went to a divorce lawyer's office. Um, she moved out and things ended. Steph, 
on your end, what were you thinking when you heard those words? It was, it was just utter shock. Uh, those are two phrases that I never in a million years would have imagined coming out of my husband's mouth <laughs> ever. Um, divorce was not a word that was in my vocabulary. It wasn't supposed to be a part of my story. And so that those few months um, up until he signed the divorce papers, uh, obviously like just the hardest, hardest thing I'd ever, ever gone through. And, um, and some of that hard came from the fact that I had, I think I lived my life very planned out. I was very good at controlling my surroundings and where my life was going and very logical about things. And, and this just didn't add up, you know, no matter what I said or what I did, I couldn't make him stay. And I couldn't convince him to believe in, in this God that had been so good to us. So what happened to your faith, Steph, during this time, then Chris leaves and he has no faith. Did your faith start to crumble or? I am so thankful and fortunate that I think when anybody goes through something that traumatic, I think it, there, there's definitely a tendency to, to question your faith and even uh, in extreme times to leave it. But also there's the other end where for where I landed was I, I couldn't get through the day without clinging to the Lord and, <laughs> and seeing him show up and be faithful over and over and over again in my pain is what got me through that season. And, and for me, it was also a, a refining process because going through it and seeing what Chris was doing, you know, everybody could see what he was doing. He was the one sinning. He was the one that left. It wasn't what I wanted, but God very graciously showed me that I had, I had my own sin and my own issues that I needed. I needed to deal with. It was just that mine were a lot easier to hide, uh, like with pride and self-righteousness and these things that, um, that really made up a lot of my identity and where I, where I've placed my identity. And so it was a terrible and yet beautiful season with the Lord that I wouldn't trade because of what I learned about him and what I learned about uh, my identity in being a daughter of the King. Now, obviously things changed because the they did. Who are together in a room <laughs> talking to you on Zoom, and we're talking to you together. Tell us how you this miracle, this amazingness happened, and how the two of you um, ended up back together. Yeah, this is actually the first time we've been together since, <laughs> since that. Night. <laughs> no, uh, so um, yeah, we have to kind of punctuate <laughs> that heaviness with some humor. We we. Um, I, I just, I, I got to go and be and do everything I thought I wanted and everything I thought that would make me happy. You know, I, I built up this idea and believed this lie that if I wasn't with Steph, if I could leave the church, then, then I could be who I really was, you know, cause I just, I'd been playing this part for years, years, you know, and that just, is, is so violent to a human heart to, to play, to play that and to do that. And so I, I felt this huge burden lifted off of my back at first, you know, because what I, what I was seeking was freedom, freedom for myself and freedom from Steph and, and, and maybe even just accountability. But I ran 
I ran to the arms of sin. And so that I can't think of a more destructive path to leave, you know, this, this covenant, this God ordained, um, relationship where, where he's glorified, where he, he restores and he refines us through marriage to leave. I was, I just quickly ended up so lost, so alone, having anxiety attacks, um, battling some, some depression and, and, um, it was bad. And that, that season, thankfully I never completely closed the door off to God because in that brokenness in that at the bottom, you know, at the, at the very bottom is where God kind of scooped me up and, and cared for me and didn't, didn't ask me to, to do anything, but be honest and, and just form a relationship with him, a real relationship, which I had not had for as long as I could remember at that point. Um, and I started just being honest, like I said, and he poured into my life and something fresh and something new happened. Hear that story so often, right? People seeking freedom. And so they turn from God and run towards all these other things. And what they find is the exact opposite, not freedom, but basically captivity. Absolutely. I say that all the time. I say freedom to sin is slavery. And that's yeah. exactly what I experienced. You know? So I, so um, I started praying, being honest, reading the word. God was moving in this fresh way. And, and lo and behold, I start hearing this, this voice, this little whisper in my head. And, and I, I, I completely discounted it at first because um, I told Stephanie when I left, I said, look, even if I became a Christian again someday, we just, we don't make sense. We are too different. We got married so young. We didn't know what we were doing. And there's no way that, that this could be reconciled, even if we did believe the same thing, which just shows <laughs> my ignorance of how good God is and how restorative and redemptive he is. But that whisper got louder and louder and louder until I couldn't ignore it anymore. And that whisper was telling me to to pursue Stephanie again, that we should be together again wow stephanie what were you thinking when eventually he did pursue you again <laughs> uh, not the same thing at the probably same time not, probably not, <laughs> not exactly uh, i mean i had never i wouldn't say i'd ever closed completely closed off the idea of of reconciliation you know i knew that signing papers didn't keep god from doing what he was going to do you know a document isn't going to stop him but uh, at that point, I, I would say that I got to the place where I did believe that he would come back to the Lord, but I didn't think that I would necessarily be involved in that. And um, it was a long journey of getting to a place where I was okay, <laughs> that I was okay with that and, and truly letting go of this future that I was holding so tightly to and trusting the Lord that he had something for me, no matter what happened. And that the work that he had done in my heart and, and just the work that Jesus had done on the cross was enough. That was enough redemption. But when Chris came back around and shared that, uh, I think we both wanted to be smart about it. And we knew, obviously, we didn't do so great the first time. So um, we took a few months separately to do some counseling and involve our community, which we didn't do before. 
Hmm. Um, you know, involving our pastors and our family and friends to all be praying alongside us to seek what the Lord had for us. And long story short, after that season, we came together with the same counselor and everybody was in agreement that if we wanted to pursue this again, that we should go for it. And, and we believe uh, in a God who redeems and who restores. So we went on our second first date and then <laughs> within a few months we're remarried in a tiny little ceremony, just, just our family. So she took a lot of convincing is what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need, I needed that clear message from the Lord too. <laughs> but that's good. I just love that. Uh, like very prayerful and cautious and involving the wisdom of others around you. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of marriages would be stronger if we did that uh, the first time around every mm. time. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's when I, I'm used to be a pastor. I do a lot of weddings still. And I always that's one of the main things at every ceremony. I remind the people there that they play a role in the marriage, too. And that role is to support and encourage the marriage during difficult times. But not something maybe everybody thinks about when you attend a wedding, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not only did you get married, now you formed uh, this band together out of the dust and you're doing ministry together. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, we, it's been, it's been just the absolute, it's been the biggest joy of our lives. Um, we knew early on that the story, our story had power. I mean, it doesn't, you don't hear that every day couple gets divorced and remarried. So we knew that there was power in it, but we started taking little steps, you know, like we went to this conference and competition kind of thing. And uh, we made it pretty far in this competition. We don't know how to this day. That was very early, but, (laughs) but we, we made it far and we got to the finals and we just kind of like quickly told our story. Um, And afterwards, uh, after playing this song and getting off stage, this, this girl came up to Stephanie and was just bawling and in tears and saying, your story is exactly where I'm at. And so story after story, you know, step after step, confirmation after confirmation, we just kind of fell into it. We, we, we tried to write together one time and it went really well. And Hey, our voices, we felt like our voices used to not work well together. How, how is this, how is this working so well? And, and one thing led to another and we, um, made a project and, and uh, kept going. And here we are today. Out of the dust. I love the name. That was all Stephanie's idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause for, for us, music really, like Chris was saying, it, it just became clear that that was the platform that we were going to use to tell this story. You know, not, not just our story, it's God's story of what he can do to, to bring hope to a lot of hurting people in our world. And so our name out of the dust for us, it, you know, it refers in Genesis to God breathing life into the dirt and just bringing out something, you know, us as <laughs> beloved. And so in our marriage, the same thing happened. You know, our marriage was reduced to dust and, and it was dead. And yet God's breath brought out more life and more beauty than we could have ever imagined. So that's what out of the dust came from. I love that. I just preached the other week when Jesus appeared to the disciples after his death too. And he breathed on them that same breath of life, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And that word for breath, by the way, is the same word for spirit in in the Greek Old Testament in the story of Genesis. So there's a little mm-hmm. sermon for you. Yeah. Dude, no, we'll man. Have to incorporate that. We'll have to go dig into that. So yeah, what I think what we want everyone to know is that 
music is our passion. It's, it's our love, but ministry is, is what wakes us up in the morning, connecting with people who connect with our story. We're on socials hours at a time, most days, um, answering messages, connecting with people because it's so important for us to know that other people who are hurting, it doesn't even have to look like our story, but we, we want to, for people to know that they're not alone, that they are loved. They are seen by a father who can make beauty out of their mess. Um, it's, it's the greatest thing that, that we've gotten to do as a couple and, yeah, it's brought us closer together too. Tell us a little bit about the, about your music, the sound, um, the lyrics. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, I think I'm the I'm the artsy one of the couple, <laughs> and it's hard to like peg down, you know, how you sound or like without you you want to be original. We just we love our first couple of projects were more folky and rootsy. Uh, the stuff that we are going to be coming out with soon is certainly a little bit. Uh, we just, we love pop music. I think, I think I tried to hide it for a, a really long time. <laughs> our music, our music has always been pop oriented. Um, but we just, we, yeah, but, but aside from that, aside from the, the, the form, uh, the function of our music is to, again, just bring hope to the hurting and, and lyrics are something we, we, I slave over. Um, and, and we, we get to write these songs together which is also another redemptive part of our story um yeah would you add anything yeah definitely the content one thing that our our church home we talk about being a people who are broken yet hopeful and i think that that is what our songs speak to you know they speak to the hard and and the hurt but also that there's redemption no matter what the ending and that's a theme that you'll see throughout probably any project we ever do you mentioned uh, helping people that reach out to you on social media and stuff like that. What are the best ways for people to find you and interact with you? We are most active probably on Instagram. We're on Facebook too, for sure. And then um, both of those are just out of the dust music. And that's our, that's our handle there. And then out of the dust music.com. You can send us a message there too, as well. And we love, we love hearing from people. We love connecting with people in in any way that we can at any point of the journey, even just hearing the good stories um, of redemption too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. What a great story. Love talking with you guys. Thanks Mike and Colleen. Thank you for having us. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.